0: It's time for a little bit of conversation so you can take action. That's right, it's time for CMO Convo. We're joined by Shika Pakide, who is taking her top-notch B2B marketing field to the next level with her fractional CMO side hustle. But how does Shika find the time to do this on top of her full-time role? What benefits is it bringing to her career? And is this a good option for you and your path? If you're thinking seriously about taking on a fractional CMO role, make sure you stay tuned. Hi Shika, welcome to CMO Combo. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, thank you, Will. Uh, I'm I'm doing good, and I'm uh, and I hope the same from your end as well.
0: I'm I'm good. I'm good, and I'm very excited about this conversation. Um, I've, we've covered fractional CMOS and interim CMOS a few times on this on this episode, but it's usually been from the perspective of that being your full time career. So I'm very interested to talk about the possibilities and the potential of it being a side hustle in addition to a full time job. But before we do get into that, Shika, maybe you could introduce yourself to our audience a bit and tell us about why you wanted to talk about this subject specifically.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, uh, to be honest, uh, this is something which has evolved as a concept for me as well. Uh, But then, of course, you know, um, uh, uh, talking about myself, uh, I'm Shika, a B two B marketer with close to around two decades of. learning marketing experience, uh, because I believe that uh, we all know marketing, right? But we don't know the business of marketing. Uh, So that's what I'm learning uh, all about. And uh, the most interesting part is, uh, which I always uh, you can say, laugh about it is uh, that uh, I've never studied marketing uh, as one of the discipline, which I think it, it has worked really good for me. Because of course I'm not going by textbook learning or what somebody said or how the things worked framework, etc, etc. So it's it's all about learning, unlearning and relearning. So so I'm really enjoying this particular path. And uh, the things which I'm passionate about, Will, is uh, definitely demand generation uh, with a growth mindset. And then of course, uh, account based marketing, Uh, I'm really learning the tips and tricks of it because uh, of course sales knows about this concept you know I think since the days they started doing sales and bringing revenue for the organization it's it's only we marketers we have just warmed up uh, to this particular concept and it's very ironical right Uh, and then the other thing uh, which which is really close to my heart uh, and as a P2B marketer I I really feel passionate about is that uh, uh, the one team collaboration will, uh, we keep on talking about it, you know, as a theory that, okay, sales, marketing, product, uh, marketing, uh, customer success, et cetera, et cetera. But when you are working on the ground, uh, there are so many silos, uh, in which people, they work, right? Uh, marketing is singing their own tunes, t- sales is doing something else, product, marketing, customer success. Uh, to be honest, uh, till date, I've still, uh, dying to see a perfect combination that, Mm -hmm. hey, yes, this is one team and we are going to be working all together uh, to bring in, you you can say, the more revenue and uh, success for the organization. So, yes, this is me who totally believes uh, in the business of marketing and then definitely, uh, you know, uh, the concept of one team
0: excellent excellent yeah it's a, it's the big dream to aim towards i suppose that that really united front between sales and marketing there um so i suppose that kind of leads into um questions about why it's a good idea to become a fractional cmo um because i imagine you get to see a lot of different team frameworks and a lot of, and you get to identify these warning signs of silos um of forming within an organisation because you get to see so many different Um, different teams different frameworks different business um, organization setups is that one of the main reasons you were so enthusiastic about being a fractional cmo
1: um, well, um, again, just stepping a uh, you can say taking a step back that how this concept evolved, um, of course, you know, with, uh, you can say, um, years of learning and understanding and seeing different industries and, then of course, seeing how different, uh, teams are working. And then now, of course, we talk about go to market. We talk about the frameworks. We, we talk about the value of death, uh, we talk about that, how, uh, How an organization achieves success, you know, what is that particular growth path? So that was one of the, uh, you can say, one of the strong forces which uh, helped me evaluate this concept. So, uh, and then the second part is when you're talking about that, you know, uh, uh, is it because of the different setups or is it because I've been involved in different industries and how uh, this relates to my uh, present uh, working environment? the reason I'm, uh, you could say, hoarding my skills towards it is uh, because uh, I feel that uh, logistical and tactical part is okay. And at the end, most of the marketeers, if they are, even if they are director, if they are VP, if they are, you know, even you know, CMOs, they in the end they are actually being drawn to the logistical and day-to-day, you know, grind of that. And in this entire scenario, the most strategic part. Uh, and aligning yourself with the other C-suite in the leadership team gets lost. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the, you could say, prime reason. I really want to understand and be more involved, and you could say deeply involved, that how my CFO is thinking. How my CRO is thinking, if at all they are there, how my chief of sales, how my chief of customer success, and definitely how the CEO is thinking about it. Because it should because the other thing which I'm also you can say seeing and after interacting with a lot of other CMOs at different events and at a different uh, you can say panels as well. What I'm feeling is that though it is being called as CMO, but then uh, they are not given the due um. Recognition of being in the C-suite. So definitely, uh, my again the end aim and the end game is gonna be to bring in a strategic uh dimension towards that, and then also make uh this uh this thing more evident that hey, it's it's not only about giving the title that you know you're gonna be the chief marketing officer, you're gonna have the fractional CMO. they mean business, and again, tying it back, we really mean business of marketing so that. We can help the organisation achieve their revenue target. So that is how you can say this thing evolved, and that's that's why you know why I'm really working towards uh, in uh, being as a fractional CMO, and then of course you know uh, picking and choosing the project uh, which is gonna give uh, due justice uh, to uh, my values and uh, the goals which I'm uh, looking forward for.
0: I mean that sounds so much to be working on just within one organization to be working on, on that across multiple organizations that's got to be a challenge surely is that something that you really have to make time to be able to do to be able to put that much effort into all these different organizations to be moving in that direction aligning all these different c-suite people across different organizations it's got to be an absolute i don't want to say nightmare because that's probably putting the wrong spin on it but it's, it's got to be a major challenge for sure
1: Uh, Yes. uh, Well, uh, to be honest, uh, it is going to be a major challenge. Uh, But again, you know, uh, based on the discussions and based on the research, which I'm doing these days is what I've found is it's actually a change of the mindset Uh, when uh, either a fractional CMO or a CMO, um, they are downplaying themselves so much that in the end, as I said, that they're only doing the logistical work and driving the pipeline or probably filling the pipeline rather than making practical strategies on how they are going to create the demand and of course, you know, capture the demand, right? Rather than filling up the uh, demand funnel and in the end, they're not at all doing demand generation, they are doing lead generation. And then to answer your question Bill, well on uh, when you were mentioning about uh, different organizations. So herein, I'll be take, uh, taking one project at a time. Okay. And then again, uh, working with the C-suite people that uh, how they are seeing and what is their end goal. Again, uh, and, you know, I totally understand that uh, changing the mindset and um, you could say breaking the barriers or the uh, decade-long kind of mindset uh, which uh, different people come onto the board, It's it's very, very difficult. And I'm not there to totally alter that. But what I'm trying to do is, you know, quoting Adam Grant, that how they can think again at the practical aspect of the, um, you can say, situation or the challenge which they are facing, rather than following the stereotypes, you know, okay, they did that, this is what has worked for this particular industry, this is how SaaS works, this is how the demand needs to be filled in, et cetera, et cetera. No, take a pause, and let's think again.
0: For sure, for sure. I I think that probably goes back to your, when you're talking about your background, how you've been uh, developing your knowledge of marketing, not having studied it it formally. I don't want to say like an outsider insights into it but sort of like taking a fresh perspective of it i suppose it's one of the big challenges that a lot of marketers and from my conversations that i've had in the show that a lot of cmos have is being able to market themselves to the rest of the c-suite being able to market marketing in fact not just not just the cmos themselves but marketing as a concept to the rest of the c-suite so i suppose that's probably one thing that you're going to get a lot of experience with working as a fractional CMO, working on these different projects. I know you're saying doing one at a time, but I imagine you do one and then move on to another kind of thing. So you're going to get used to working with all these different personality types, all these different people have different perspectives on marketing. How do you go about getting to know the C-suite and what could be potentially a very short length of time? How do you go about getting to know what their priorities are, how to communicate your priorities to them in- you don't naturally have the the luxury of time to really get to know them to get to really like feel out what their priorities are.
1: Yep. Well, and then uh, before I move on to that, so I would really like to uh, mention the fact when you mentioned that uh, marketers are so bad. I think bad Mm -hmm. is a small word. Marketers are really worse than marketing themselves internally. And, uh, And as I was mentioning to you, like yesterday I was attending this event and this was, you could say, Echoed by the entire audience, you know, everybody was nodding their head in the audience. Yes, you know, being a marketer doesn't matter at which level. They are so worse in marketing themselves internally. So now, uh, to uh, answer your next question, uh, well, uh, that how in a shorter span of time, how to break that barrier, the communication barrier, and how to establish that kind of rapport with them. So again, bringing one this particular aspect, getting better at it. I'm not going to say that I'm an expert at it right now. I'm learning. And then yeah. from my previous experiences, I have learned that, okay, do this, uh, cut down this, do this more, totally uh, er- er- eradicate this one so that you can be better at communicating. So those are the things I'm going to be bringing to my first, second, you know, all those learning. And again, going the unlearning and the relearning path. Now talking about that, how we will be achieving this in a shorter span of time. We know that, um, uh, that uh, you know, the kind of, uh, uh, startup ecosystem or uh, doesn't matter whether it's SME, mid-market or for that enter- enterprise as well, the, the times wherein we are right now, of course, everybody's in a hurry, but then we, sh- we cannot uh, avoid looking at the targets which we are uh, being, you could say, measured at or which the organization is aiming for. So, of course, if the entire C-suite is just looking at that you know, with with a very clear focus and, you know, totally uh, clear focus on that, then that is going to be my corporate grounding point to bring everybody together that, hey, you know, it's not like that that we are on different tables. We I'm going to be your enabler. We all are on the same side. So let's work together in achieving say 5 million, 10 million or whatever is the ARR number. So those are going to be by, you know, uh, another step to find the common grounds in which I can build up my rapport and then move on. Because of course, I'll I'll have my own KPIs. You know, uh, the the organization they will have their own KPIs. So how to merge that together so that it's a win win for both, and then you know, let's get it done. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's um, yeah. So so initially it's going to be um a very very collaborative process getting to know everyone getting to know what their goals are and trying to find the common ground between each other so that's sort of like the foundation that you'll be working from what's next once you've established that common ground like what is the goal I mean of course you've been hired for projects for specific goals and it's all about meeting those goals but what is your personal goal with like working within this organization Mm -hmm. uh, once you've established that common ground
1: Yeah, so uh, to be honest, uh, I'm going to break that in uh, two parts. One is going to be the personal one. Another one is going to be the professional one. Well, so one is definitely when the common ground has been established. So uh, the usual path follows. And of course, both the team knows that the time is really short. You know, we are working for a a set amount of time with each other. So then I I totally believe that the collaboration is going to be more that, hey, you know, Uh, let's work together because we have to achieve this in X amount of time. Then the second part is, of course, you know, breaking it down into different levels. So what is going to be at the strategic level? What is going to be at the execution level? And then what we have to keep on doing, doing and, you know, uh, bring the alpha beta uh, angle into the play. Now, third is when I'm going to be dividing into two uh, buckets, uh, what is going to be the personal ac- accomplishment and what, what is going to be the professional accomplishment? Let me pick up the professional one first. So professional one, of course, is going to be tied it up with a project that, okay, these are the KPIs, which we had agreed both the parties and then whether those were met or not. And it's not going to be like annual, okay, you know, let's sit together after 12 months, what worked, what didn't work. No, not at all. It's going to be, of course, in the beginning, it's going to be on a monthly basis. And then later on, it's going to be on a quarterly basis. That Okay, this is what we did. In sprints, did we uh, meet the target? Did we not? What were the iterations which we did? Because again, uh, in respect of the time, and in in respect of this entire, uh, you can say, the portfolio's capacity. But coming to the personal accomplishment, Will, how am I seeing this is... uh, the project which I have taken it up, when I had started that project, at what level it was, was it at ground zero, or was it at one, two, etc. And then taking that that basis as the baseline that after the project was completed, where exactly I was able to take that up. Uh, whether it went up, it just slightly up or it went downwards. So that is going to be on the personal front. That is going to be the one measure. Second measure was that, uh, because of course, every industry uh, or I would say every product and every company has got their different uh, requirements. So for example, if for one of the company, only content works or only PLG works. So if I had implemented those kind of tactics for that particular product and company, how did it work? And- What was my learnings out of it? Because of course, I'm not an expert of PLG, neither for any of the, I know that, but then what exactly I learned from that particular angle. So those are the things I'm going to be taking it further to the similar projects at a later stage, or of course, you know, if anything totally different comes in, so I'm going to be having the similar approach over there as well.
0: So it sounds like you'll get a lot of opportunities to develop skills and develop knowledge in certain areas. Are there specific things that you're looking to develop knowledge on or that you've been working on now in order to to function as a fractional CMO like what what are the key skills maybe we should break it down in terms of hard skills the marketing knowledge and the soft skills like the more leadership side of things so if that makes sense to you Shika
1: uh, yes, definitely. Will. So um, when I talk about, again, the uh, practical knowledge, the hands-on knowledge, and then and again, as you broke it down on the softer skill part. So how am I learning on the first part is, uh, definitely I have uh, picked up a couple of communities and of course, you know, CMO alliances, one of that. So what I make sure is that the key topics which are really relevant for this particular portfolio, where exactly am I? So it doesn't matter if one of the topic. Okay, I know everything. Why I should be, you can say, attending that particular session or a webinar of that, or probably uh, you know attending it if the roundtable or a specific talk on that. But I'm making sure that I'm attending those particular session at least once every week. So I'm holding my skills. So i have divided into particular categories. So definitely demand gen is one, growth is one, GTM is one, and PLG is one. So these are the four important ones which I've picked up in the beginning. And then later I'm gonna see that, okay, uh, was I on track or did I miss anything important? Or not. So of course, again, you know, of course, ABM is like a continuous one because um, I'm a part of demand-based community. So there uh, it's uh, you know, there are a lot of things which keeps on coming uh, for the demand-based champions. So talking about on the personal front, uh, well, so of course, so off late, what I've started doing is uh, I have uh, made sure that uh, I'm projecting and uh, you can say pitching myself as a, a panelist, as a presenter, as a speaker, and of course, like this opportunity, uh, uh, wherein uh, I'm, you can say, forced to think aloud and then uh, having all those kind of hard questions, <laughs> uh, then uh, the, the scope of knowledge is increasing. And then, definitely, one is, of course, in the online world, and then definitely, you know, what I experienced um, yesterday and uh, in the first week of November as well. But then I'm also making sure that I'm out there. At those physical events, where it I'm on the stage understanding, interacting with all those CMOs over there, and then it also during the networking sessions, also seeing that how exactly the industry is evolving, and then hearing it from the horse's mouth, you know, what are the pain points of a CMO? You know, it doesn't matter whether it's a fractional or a or, you know full-time CMO, the, the, the challenges remain the same. That's what I'm hearing. So from a personal angle. Uh, that is the strategy which i'm implemented right now to hold my learning skills
0: excellent excellent Let, let's talk a bit more about sort of practicalities um particularly going about actually finding the projects to work on you you said you said um at the beginning of the show that you had some quite specific, maybe not specific but you had some sort of like ideas in mind and the types of projects that you want to take on um like how do you go about actually finding them identifying them
1: Yep. well, so one of the approaches uh definitely uh, Slack communities because of course, you know, they're the private ones and those are the places um, wherein you can be yourself and you can actually um share the exact details uh, of the requirements which you are looking for. So that's uh, one. And second is, uh, it's all about, I would say that uh, not a hard pitching right now. It's actually at a very soft pitching uh, stage right mm-hmm. now, wherein I'm projecting myself uh, as uh, the B2B marketer who has got X, Y, Z skills. And then this is what I'm looking for. And this is how I can help you out. And that is the way I'm going it across. And then definitely, you know, utilizing LinkedIn as a platform to celebrate the accomplishments uh, which I'm having uh, off like, you know, for the, as as I said that I also had my own personal goals uh, for each quarter. And then I also have my uh, entire charter ready for the next year that, okay, Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, how am I going to be going about it? So this is the, you can say the slow and steady approach, um, which I thought it's going to be working in the beginning rather than going all about it and you know don't even know that okay where exactly it is going and then getting overwhelmed uh by the kind of responses which you are getting which i hope <laughs> should be the situation
0: <laughs> excellent, excellent um and then when it comes to sort of like day-to-day management like how how do you plan your time around a full-time role and this uh the fractional cmo projects like it seems like we barely have enough time in the day as it is without taking on extra side hustles and stuff like that. So like, how are you going about that? Do you have like certain tools that you're using? Do you have certain systems in place? Like let's break it down.
1: Yep. Um, so, um, before I started, and you can see, evaluating this particular concept, I made sure that I understand what is the meaning of deep work because we all keep on saying that we don't have enough time. We don't have enough time. You know, there's so much, there's so much. My inbox is actually boasting. And then, you know, the kind of messages and the kind of emails or etc, you know, I have to respond on. So I really wanted to take a step back and see that. Um, and of course, observe myself that um, is it really so? Do I really don't have time? You know, or uh, am I really spending my time properly or not? So that's the self-observation part came into the picture. And trust me, <laughs> I did not have some, some amazing findings about that. And then there was like a lot of scope of improvement, a lot of scope of improvement. So of course, that's why I said that uh, the concept of deep work, uh, I really picked up that book uh, to understand that uh, where as a professional I'm lacking and how I can fill that particular gap because that is very, very important. Well, when you are, uh, it's like that, right? Uh, You want to learn, you want to achieve more. And then of course, uh, you know, you want to earn Q doors and then definitely the project, which you are taking it up, you really want to see that it it has moved a little extra mile, you know, moved a (laughs) little inch uh, ahead. So to do that, deep work is very, very essential Well. So that is, trust me, I'm not using any productivity tool or anything else or any uh, website blockers, et cetera, et cetera. It's only that concept which I've started implementing in my day-to-day routine, which has really helped me. I'll not say that, uh, of course, you know, wow, you know, I I know the concept, I'm totally ace at it. No, I've just become one person better at that. And that is going to be my mantra and philosophy uh, for the, you can say, months to come by
0: excellent um I suppose that that kind of approach it requires you to be very have very clear boundaries established in terms of the separation between different projects the the time that you're able to work on certain things also being I suppose being turning down superfluous meetings and stuff so you can focus on the work that needs to be done how do you go about having those conversations like um both with like your full-time organization but also with like the the projects that are coming up like because obviously CMO role it's a very demanding job there's lots and lots of things to cover and i'm sure most c-suites will want their cmo available all the time and available to them um, jump in and do what needs to be done so how do you establish those boundaries
1: Yep. Well, so as uh, you know, uh, going back to our earlier conversation where we were talking about uh, setting a very specific KPIs in the beginning itself, that this is what we are going to achieve in this particular amount of time. And this is the time which is available from my end. And also having regular check-ins. It's not going to be that okay. Hour-long meeting, and we're just talking about okay. Did that email go out? You know what was the messaging of that particular event? Why we didn't do that? No, that you can say the superfluous work that has to be cut down. It has to be totally again focused. The KPIs which we had worked on and. What was the strategy and what was the execution plan? Now, that is, of course, with respect to that particular project. We're talking about the day-to-day stuff as well, Well, So what happens is, uh, which I also used to do that with my team and with the agencies or with the vendors which I uh, work with. So we have established the clear boundaries that, hey, I'm not available through this particular medium. If you are expecting a professional or you can say answer from my end, don't ping me on WhatsApp. Don't ping me on LinkedIn. From there, you're not going to get a reply from me. If you are only available on Slack, no problem, that's be it. If you're only expecting a response through email, that be it, or only Teams, that's it. For professional correspondence, these are the only mediums which I use with my team, with, within my organization, and with my agencies, that, that's all. No other medium, because of course, you know the more mediums you open it up, the more chances of distraction happens. And then third is how to cut back. Um, Again, before I, like, let's not talk about why other people are setting the meeting. Uh, first, I take it on, on myself that before I even uh, make an attempt in setting up a meeting, I always uh, do a couple of checks at my end. Is it required? can I get an answer over an email or if I can just pick up the phone and if that person is available in my time zone, if that person is available in my time zone, can I do that over a quick call rather than putting a meeting and involving so many other people and, you know, you can say utilizing their time and blocking their time slots or maybe that's going to be their productivity hours, right? So those are the checks which I do at my end. And then I think uh, slowly and steadily, it also reflect and brush upon on other people as well that, hey, you know, this is how I work. So probably, you know, these are the boundaries which you have to keep it uh, if at all they are soliciting any response from my end.
0: And I suppose as well it's important to have those boundaries, not in terms of separating personal uh, professional projects, but so you can keep a, a personal life going. So you can keep your, keep your sanity. Like if you're just working constantly, jumping between projects, you don't have time to decompress. You don't have time to calm down. And I think that's going to be very important for a lot of CMOs, uh, particularly with the, tough economic times coming for a lot of regions in the future having that ability to set those boundaries so you've got time to decompress and de-stress can be very important how are you taking time for yourself let's talk about that like how do you how do you manage like the personal and the professional in this respect
1: Yep. So I don't work on Saturdays and Sundays. Well, so okay. so that's that that's a like uh, you can say a, a complete no-no in our household. So Saturdays and Sundays, like it's it's totally dedicated. I don't even go and attend any of the networking events or any meetups as such on Saturdays and Sundays. If it's happening from Monday to Friday, I'll be more than happy to squeeze in 30 minutes or 40 or one hour, which is there for that particular networking event. And I'll be more than happy to go and attend that. Neither do I organize any of the kind of meetups, et cetera, as well. So I, I know that I have missed many of that, but that's okay. Because uh, to be honest, uh, then you, you know, you, you become like a machine. Uh, and then, um, because I I did, um, you can, uh, I, I did feel that, that if at all, you're working seven days, you know, almost 10 to 12 hours in a day, then uh, the creative part of your brain is dead. Mm -hmm. You're not able to, you can say, think and reflect and the kind of ideas which you could have if you would have taken some time off for yourself. So that is one, you can say, which I like kind of like a um, rule in our house. And then the second is definitely reading. You know, Uh, I do take some time uh, to read. So in case there is some kind of urge to probably, you know, just... uh, Um, not work on a a kind of project or, you know, I'm feeling that kind of overwhelming or any kind of sensation. I always have, uh, you can say, at least one or two books on my table. I I just flip across those pages, you know, okay, at least that amount of time I'm also utilizing and reading and then also gaining some of the other things. And then it's actually like a de-stressor. It's like a stress buster for me. So these are the two simple things which I do.
0: Great. So, I mean, the simple things can be the most effective things at the end of the day. Um, speaking of um, sort of like the economic situation right now, how is that reflecting the market for fractional CMOS? Is, is it going to be is it going to be more demand for fractional CMOS because of the the economic downturn in many regions, or is it going to be trickier to find uh, find clients and projects to work on? Do you think?
1: Uh, I think how the situation is happening. Um, well, is that uh, there will be enough demand for that? Because one is, with the kind of uncertainties which we are in, uh, the organization will not be sure that, hey, the full-time or the fractional CMR. And then what not... It- what if if this doesn't work you know if they're gonna have a, a full-time person or on the board because there are so many complexities involved with that and you never know that whether that be a fit uh and it also goes the same for the fractional cmo as well it's not only coming from the organization level as well right so the fit one is very very important and then the second is that you know uh, how you're going to be gelling around in the team it, again it's a it's a very paradoxical uh, situation that okay how you're going to measure that but i think if you're clear that okay this is what you Want to do, and if the team also uh, understand that during your preliminary discussions, you know during that kind of dating period wherein you are uh, having a discussion with the founders, CEOs, understanding what that mind- mindset is, that time itself, you know that is it a yes or is it a no? Do I want to go? or you know i, I sh- i'll be better off leaving this project and you know probably concentrating on something else so talking about the economic situation right now uh, we are in um, i i do believe that, that there is a spec- uh, you could say substantial demand for that uh, because uh, that's going to work uh, uh, good and a kind of win win situation for both the parties
0: excellent that's that, that that's good news that's good news so with that in mind with with the Many many people in the CMO Alliance community being interested in becoming a fractional CMO. What is your like main piece of advice for them? Like, what what should they be focusing on? What 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 have you found particularly helpful in um, setting up the system that you're working towards?
1: Um, I think, will it's a very personal choice uh, because when I was also having. A very similar discussion uh, with other uh, fractional CMOs and uh, with other full-time CMOs as well. It's a very, very personal choice. Do you want to do it or you don't want to do it? What and why exactly you want to do it? Is it because of the learning or is it because of the, you you can see the extra commercials? What is that prime focus in picking up this kind of project? Because that is going to be determining your approach towards it. And then trust me, once you find the why you want to do this, that is going to set up the foundation and probably you can say uh, relieve the overwhelmness of this entire particular setup for which you are, you can say you are planning to enter or you're, you're planning to make around you. So again, it's a very personal choice. But then before doing that, please, please do explore the why behind it. Do spend some time nothing is going to get lost you're not going to lose any time or there is no FOMO in that because once you are into it so I'm not going to say that okay you know later on you realize that okay this is not for me that's going to be like an end of the world but at least you will be able to save that kind of energy your own energy uh, in doing that
0: so do you, do you recommend pretty much anyone who's looking to advance their marketing career should- give this a serious think as an option, like have a, a serious consideration of whether it will be a benefit to their career or not. Or is it or is it only a specific subset of people who should really be thinking about doing this kind of thing? Or is it something that everyone should be thinking about if they want to get to that top level of marketing echelons?
1: Uh, Again, it's like it's like uh, what exactly you would like to achieve from your own, uh, you can say, professional and your personal uh, goals as well, because if your personal and your professional goals are in alignment, like for example, I was talking about the learning part, and you know, of course, advancing and then and again, uh, being in that particular C-suite game and understanding that how the entire dynamic works. So that is what is my calling. You know, Uh, that that particular two words are my calling. That why exactly I'm doing it. But um, I don't think so. It's it's for everyone because one is uh, not everyone would have that kind of uh, you can say um, uh, approach, or they would be really wanting to do that. Some people are only happy doing the full time. Some people are only happy doing the fractional, and some people are happy doing the combination of that. And then then again, uh, uh, other thing is that how disciplined you are. Because herein, that's the key. Because at least on a personal level, I would really not recommend anybody to sacrifice their own personal things and their own, you could say, personal requirements to achieve that. Because then in the, at the end of the day, you're gonna, not going to be happy. Nobody around you to be happy and there's going to be a lot of stress and frustration, which is going to be building up in there. So Please, again, you know, take a pause. As I said that, it's not for everyone because not every, not everybody thinks alike. Uh, and then uh, second is uh, get back to the why, as Simon Sinek always say that, why.
0: <laughs> Great stuff. Excellent, Sheikha. This has been really interesting. Thank you very much for joining us today. As I said, we've got many fractional CMOs in the CMO Alliance community and many people who are looking at with interest, And as you said, with the, the economy the way it is, I think there's going to be more and more fractional CMOs um, popping up all over the place. So it's going to be a very, very useful conversation uh, to listen to. Um, so I'm sure our listeners have appreciated it as well. So thank you for joining us today, Sheikha. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and thank you to our listeners as well. Um, I'm sure you've enjoyed this conversation. Uh, we'll be back soon with some more CMO combos.
1: Thank you, Will, for having me today.
0: Like what you heard from this CMO combo? Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a rating so the whole world knows how great it was.